Hello everyone, my name is Najima Dinda and welcome back to Wide Awake, the podcast that never turns a blind eye on any issue. I know that last week I talked about how there's a lot going on in our world right now. We're in the we're in the midst of a pandemic. We still are and a revolution as well because of the Black Lives Matter movements and the rioting and everything. But I feel like this week was way better for some reason. It was way better than last week. Like my head is clearer. And finally, after like three going on four months now, we have finally entered phase one of reopening New York City. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you're all in good health. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right, so I know last week we talked a lot about the concept of power. I told you guys my interpretation of what, like, you know, I think power is. We talked about power in the media and the different ways the media, like, they sell this, like, ideal lifestyle and try to limit and take away power from the people. And I just want to start off with a little getting to know me sort of vibe because I know the only thing you guys really know about me so far is my name and it's going to help us transition into our topic for today. So I was born in Togo, which is a small country in West Africa. And many people I've encountered haven't really heard of Togo. Like once again, it is a very small country. Even when I ask other Africans, do they know Togo? Most Africans, they respond with no. They've only ever heard of like, you know, the big name countries such as Ghana or Nigeria. And growing up, Chamba, which is the language native to the village that I grew up in, is what I spoke and was my very first language. Even though I left when I was about two and a half, it's all my parents speak at homes. Like they still speak it to this day so that I don't forget it. Like when we go back to vacations, which is like rarely, um, they don't want they want me to still be able to communicate with my family and my friends. And basically like Growing up, I was made fun of, like, a lot from my thick accent, especially when I first started going to school here in America. You know, like, just, like, similar to every other immigrant, when you first come here, you obviously don't know the language. It takes you, like, years to learn it and, like, to get used to, like, the customs and everything. And it's just, like, it's just always been so weird to me how American schools preach this concept of individuality and uniqueness. Whenever someone's different in any way, shape, or form, they're they're ridiculed or just set apart from the other students altogether. We're seen like we've seen to be taught to basically fit into our environment and like act like and be like other people around us in our society. So like you know, when I was growing up, people like when I talked, people would like constantly like pick on me to read when I so just so they can hear me talk and like laugh at me. But we're not gonna get too deep into that. We don't want to get off topic. So last year. We read a book called How the Garcia Girls Lost Their Accents in English 11, and it focused a lot on the immigrant experience. Like, it focused on it beautifully. And just to talk about it briefly, um, it's basically like it talked about this family that moved from the Dominican Republic to the United States, and they basically had to give up their entire identity in order to conform and fit into a foreign society, or in other words, a completely different environment which is not too far from like the immigrant experience you already see in the world world to in the real world today especially since like how the Garcia girls lost their accent it's not like a completely fictional story it tries to idealize the american experience in general so like lately we've been focusing on the concept of code switching and whether it is actually beneficial or detrimental and to explain it very briefly code switching is just when a person changes the way that they speak whether it be like speaking differently when you're around your friends, at work, with your parents, in a business setting, so on and so on. It's basically changing it up to express yourself how you see fit depending on your circumstances. If I could compare code switching to like any other concept, I think it would have to be 
similar to the concept of adaptation. Just how animals like they change up or like they change up their appearance in order to adapt to a certain environment, like to mate, to scare off prey, to war off um any to like attract prey to warn off any predators. It's basically like how you adapt to a certain environment and survive in that environment. I know that I know that personally when I finally became somewhat proficient in English, I stopped speaking my language outside of the house like altogether. Like even when I'm out with my mom or my dad, they would ask me a question in my language or they would like try to like make conversation with me in my language and I'll like just completely start answering them or speaking to them in English, which like really annoyed them. I sort of became embarrassed to speak my language because like I just remembered all the ridicule I used to face for speaking it in public. And this is when code switching sort of becomes detrimental. People often use it as like a way to pretend to be something that they're not or hide a part of themselves that they aren't confident about just through the way that they speak. So basically like I would be out, you know, with my parents or something and they'll tell me, oh, you know, how are you and stuff. And I'll respond in English and it would like, you know, it would really make them mad because it's like they're like our language is part of our identity. And by me just like trying to adopt English and just speak like plain English to them when they're trying to make conversation with me is as though I'm embarrassed of my culture and my heritage and I'm trying to let go of that part of my identity. But it's not like, it's more of that I'm embarrassed. It's not that I'm trying to let go. Like, you know, I would be with out with my friends and with my friends, I'll say like, you know, yo, what's up? Like, you know, how you doing and stuff like that. But with my, like in my language, like it's more like formal and respectful. My parents would come to like parents teacher conference or something like that. And I would dread them coming because I don't want to hear my friends like hearing how I spoke and stuff. And, like, I just, like, the African-American community, like, in particular, like, we've been, we've been sort of forced to adopt this method of code switching because, like, you know that for some reason in our society, especially, like, in America, people automatically attribute words, like, too loud, ghetto, or uncivilized to Black people. Like, so sometimes you'll see that when Black people are on the phone for a job call, they adopt something people call their white business voice. Like, for example... My mom, she's like English. Obviously, wasn't her first um her first language. You can still hear in her voice sometimes when she speaks. She has a very thick accent, but when she's on the phone, she tries like to prep it up and make it sound like you know she's very proficient the English language, just so that a job will take her seriously and they won't call her like inarticulate or oh no, you're uncivilized. You don't understand the English language. Da 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 da. da like all of that, you know. And they, you know, after they adopt this white business voice, as people say like they automatically have this soft and like very, very professional tone because they don't want to sound, you know, too hood, too gangster or just quote unquote ghetto. And even when they're in like a business or some sort of like public setting and they want to voice their opinions, they often have to take a very timid and soft-spoken approach, even though that's not who they are whatsoever. Like I know a lot of people, especially people that I know, like people of color, we love to like be vocal about our concerns. We don't like to just shy it away. But because of like the way society is structured, when we do try to like um when we do try to voice our opinion sometimes, we come off as too strong, too aggressive, too this, too that. And because of that, we've learned to like shy away from, you know, who we are. And our like the places that we are from, they ultimately shape like how we code switch. Like 
if you're from like a different if you're from a different country like for example for me like i code switch between my parents i talk to my parents like in my language which is like very formal and then when i'm outside like english just rolls off my tongue and a lot of people when they hear me speak they think that you know english is my first language even though it's like that's far from the truth and like it's also this concept of like just it, like a lot of people say oh you know it's like be who you are and be this and be that you don't always have to like be a part of your environment and stuff but trust me it's way easier said than done it's way easier said than done like it's important to acknowledge like for me like i often tell people like i'm from like i'm from two different worlds like for example one world being my life back in Togo and then the other world being my life here and for some reason for a long time i've tried to make sure that those worlds do not collide whatsoever i try to keep um chamba separate from english i never like to hear people like when my friends try to tell me oh say words in chamba speak in chamba i try to like you know i try to you know brush it off and not say you know a single word and that's like that's what i'm saying for example Lately, we have read this poem, and um, we were listening to the spoken word poem in English, in English, um, AP English, and basically the woman, um, the woman in the poem was saying that, like, was saying that something like, who can tell her what is the conventional way to speak? And also, and we read this text, um, ladies called Mother Tongue, and the woman said that and the poem was saying that sometimes like a lot of people can't understand what her mom is saying but she can understand what her mom is saying and sometimes for a while she was embarrassed of like acknowledging that her mother has a different way of speaking but like all in all she basically said that like she she challenges the like the standard of what is called appropriate like an appropriate like um way to speak and basically like i just want to say that the places that we are from they ultimately impact how we speak and how we choose to code switch but it is also important that we find it within ourselves to not let our environment consume us to the point where we lose sight of who we are. You don't always have to conform. And like I said before, it is easier said than done, especially when you're living in an environment like in America, a world that's constantly changing, a lifestyle that's always fast paced. It's like it's hard to not just fall into your environment and become your environment and let the place like let your place ultimately change who you are. Your place changes who you are, but you should not let it completely take away from your identity, take away from your individuality. And it's something that I had to learn the hard way. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And once again, I hope you're all doing good. And I hope you'll join me next week, which is like the last and final episode of Wide Awake, the podcast that never turns a blind eye on any issue. And I'll see you guys next week.